Empire. You thought you knew, but you have no idea. It's the urban sports scene. You are listening to the Urban Sports Scene with myself, Wole, Will, and Will T. Ray Jeezy is out, man. You know, NBA action is fantastic, bro. Like the garden, something about the garden, Will T. Right? Yeah, man. It was electric uh, Sunday. Set having uh, a playoff game. You know, especially a, a closely contested playoff mm-hmm. game. Um, between the Knicks and the Hawks, you know, ultimately, I'm pretty sure people who follow the NBA by now by now know the end of that, uh, you know, know the score to the end of yeah, that game. Yeah. The Hawks won. Yeah. But if if you just watch that whole game, man, it was it was um it was very nostalgic yes. for anyone who was a fan of the NBA during the '90s, right? Mm-hmm. Like when on NBC, you had the Sunday. <clears throat> afternoon games with the Knicks versus the Bulls or, you know, just Knicks versus Pacers. Mm-hmm. Just any big-time game that the Knicks were playing, man, and just to hear the, the Garden, you know, be that loud and it not be uh, filled to capacity, man, it was amazing. And I just can't wait for game two of that series. I know. It's just, to me, it just makes you appreciate. We were enjoying the bubble experience last season and the postseason. Uh, it was cool, you know, like we were talking about having afternoon basketball games and this, that, and the other. But um, when you're looking at just watching what we saw with, at the Garden and even some of these other venues, right, not just the Garden, but that, the, the Garden was the extreme, right? That was the extreme. That just brought you back. So I totally agree with you, Will. But just to have people there to cheer, you know, the momentum swings in a basketball game and hearing that because it gets you amped, right? It gets you excited. So even watching, I'm a Lakers fan, seeing the Suns and see how their fan, you know, the fans support for that team being at their first real postseason game. I don't know how long. And then to see how, you know, Devin Booker responded, how Chris Paul came, came up big, even though he was hurt. And he, see, just hearing the roar of the crowd. I mean, a playoff game with the crowd, the crowd in attendance, just to, just watching and viewing it just makes the NBA game so much better. Yeah, man. Um, you know how people say, <clears throat> that the fans don't bring anything to the game oh, yeah. and you know you could play outside on the on the playground with no fans mm-hmm. and it would still have the same effect I, that's bull it is it and is complete bull man right. having the fans in there helping to create an atmosphere you know with the um <clears throat> with the game day um electron you know the game day mm-hmm. electronic displays and you know the fan hitting the roar of the fans man was amazing yeah, man, I I agree. I, I I'm with you, and we're saying it as individuals watching it on TV. Could you imagine being a player? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know, what I'm saying? definitely got to feed off of that energy. Yeah, exactly. And the urban sports scene is part of Ampire Media, and that's at that's Ampire Media, and you can catch it at AmpireMedia.com. Ampire Media hosts multiple DMV sports shows, I mean podcast shows, such as the. John Kime Report, hosted by ESPN Washington football team insider John Kime and Jones Football, hosted by USA Today insider Mike Jones. And you can subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Stitcher, um, iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts. Just search the Urban Sports Scene. This show can be found on Podcast DC, the new local app with hundreds of options in, in local news, health, and, of course, the DMV region. Download the podcast DC. Download the podcast DC app to hear all about Empire shows as well as other great content. Don't forget to tweet us at Urban Sports Scene and hit us up on our Urban Sports Scene Facebook page. If you have any comments about the podcast or you want to have any feedback, also join our Urban Sports Scene Facebook group. Search Urban Sports Scene Sports Bloggers, Sports Podcasters, and Sports Debates. Will T. Into our tradition of pregame. Here's what we have on tap. We'll talk about the Washington Wizards' first round playoff series with the Philadelphia 76ers. The Wizards are down 1-0 in the series. At 8:25, we'll talk about the NBA playoffs and the homie Kwame Brown <laughs> above the rim podcast. Just Blaze will be will be on the show to discuss this. Finally, we'll talk boxing. 
It was announced that Manny Pacquiao will be fighting Earl Spence August 21st. And it was also announced that Deontay Wilder, Tyson Fury will go down July 24th. Uh, But first, in the first round of the NBA playoffs, the Wizards are down, like I mentioned, 1-0 to the Sixers. Uh, The next game is tomorrow night at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, could be East Coast. What were your thoughts of game one, Will T? Um, let me see. Let me, where to start? Um, <laughs> no, uh, no. Uh, one, it, it became clearly evident midway through the first quarter that there is no physical matchup on the Wizards that can contend with Joel Embiid, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Now, I know some people will say Robin Lopez, but mm-hmm. um, just from a lateral movement perspective, uh, Robin Lopez, in my opinion, can't keep can't um, keep up step for step during the duration of the game with Joel Embiid. That's one. Um, two. It's going to be interesting to see how the Wizards are, you know, because for the last month, month and a half, this team, you know, offensively has primarily been Bill and Westbrook. With Ben Simmons matching up with either one of those guys, mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see. Um, how Scott Brooks tries to, um, you know, to use to use how he utilizes those guys with that matchup against Benson. Um, and number three, I'm really starting to become a Daniel Gaffer fan, man. Yeah, I see, right? I, mean, I think he's mm-hmm. one of the, yeah, I think he's one of the guys that's going to be a bright a bright spot for this team for a few years to come. But he's just, in my he from what I saw, he's just. Uh, physically outmatched by Joel Embiid, and he he has little to no chance of um, containing him. Yeah, I, I I agree. I think Ben Simmons. You get to see the the value of Ben Simmons, right? A lot of people. You know I mean, have some guys here locally that you know really don't understand the value of Ben Simmons. I've heard certain folks say that Ben Simmons is overrated, um, but. And when you look at what he does defensively and you see what he does offensively in terms of getting his, getting the players and getting players involved, there was numerous of a key assists that he did have in the series where you can say, oh, wow, man. I mean, in the in game one where, you know, they were hit, they were leading the key threes. Um, so Ben Simmons will be an issue. Um, but for the Wizards standpoint, I'm I'm like I'm interested to see what they're going to do, do outside of Bill and Westbrook, because we know this and we, we talked about this before, like in the postseason, you know, you you may like to run it and push pace and that's you know that's your that's what you want to go by and that's what you want to you know you, it sounds good but in the postseason you need to have court game right you know pace is great and all but when you play a good defensive team and the Sixers are a good defensive team you're going to have to execute at, in the half court you can't always try to out tempo somebody especially when you're playing the good defenses of the NBA and you're going to see and when you're in the postseason the problem is you're going to run across that type of team. And that's what the Wizards have having game one. It's not as if they're playing, say, the Brooklyn Nets, who's who is who who aren't the best defensive team. You're playing against the arguably the best defensive team in basketball in the Philadelphia 76ers when you have a guy that can main, maintain that that middle in Joel Embiid. And then you have one of the best perimeter perimeter defenders in um and Ben Simmons. And we're not even talking about uh, Thibault, who um Thibault, who's a, the young dude who straps up, too. So they have deep defenders everywhere on that on that basketball team. So that's the thing that Bradley Bill they're gonna have to find ways to get Bradley Bill loose and get him into some favorable matchups. Um, I think that uh you know you can try to get Bradley, Bradley Bill ISO on uh, MB maybe on high screen and rolls you can try to do that. Um, but again when it comes to half court set you gotta get more people involved right other than Westbrook and Bill. So I think for real just to to kind of. <sighs> to kind of get it away from all on Bradley Bill so people don't load up on Bradley Bill. Find sets, like I mentioned before, to get Rui Hachimura involved. You know what I mean? Because that would take pressure off Bradley Bill. That takes pressure off of uh, uh, Russ, uh, Westbrook. And, you know, you saw that a little bit in the game in game one. Hopefully they go back to it a little bit more um, in game two. Yeah. Um, let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Who stood out from, from you outside of Bill? Of course, Bill and Westbrook. Who mm-hmm. stood out for this team? Uh, I like Ish Smith, man. I thought Ish was good. I thought Ish uh, set tempo. Um, he did push it, and I, I felt like he got players involved. I thought that even on made baskets, he tried to, you know, he answered quick going to the basket. I was really impressed with Ish uh, with Ish Smith. Um, 
it's a tough team they're playing against. You know what I mean? I could, you know, and there's other individuals who play well. Davers Bertans got a little hot in that game too. Um, and you mentioned Gaffer, but 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 to me, Ish Smith stood out to me. Yeah, um, <clears throat> it's it's the it's the small things, you know, when you watch a game and you see, you know, um, especially if you a team like the Wizards who, for all intents and purposes, are um, outmatched. Yeah. But a guy like Ish Smith, who you know was playing, you know, during this time on the floor, I believe he played like twenty three minutes. Mm-hmm. He played with pretty good tempo, and the team was actually, uh, I believe, you know. I thought played up to this guy, Davis Berton. Yeah. You know, he was four from eight from three point, um, from three point from, um, from three from three point line. Mm-hmm. He had a block. Um, he actually had an assist. Mm-hmm. So, and he had a, I think like five rebounds. So yeah. he, his play was something I didn't expect, but it was much needed, and he'll need to keep that consistently and go even be even better. Mm-hmm. Um, tomorrow when the Wizards play the uh, 76ers. But I, I just can't wait for this team to come back to D.C. for a home playoff game. I think that's going to be exciting. I think it's going to get a buzz in the city. How many, I mean, how many people will be – are they at 50%? What are they in terms of that type of uh, – I think, like, if I'm not mistaken, I think I think they can have, like, 10 – I want to say 10,000, I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Five or 10,000, somewhere in between there. Um, not 100 percent sure, so I mm-hmm. don't want to put the wrong information yeah, yeah. out there. Um, but I, it'll just be interesting, man. I, I, I want to see if this team, you know, gets the support that it deserves for to host a home playoff game. You know, this team has really fought back over the past two months just to get to this point. Mm-hmm. No, they have, and I and that's and I agree. And I agree. I think uh, going back to you know who performed well, you mentioned Davis. I, I like. And that's a good point. I think Davis did play. He did, and I mentioned he played well. But I, what I liked about Davis, he played with a with an edge. You know what I mean? He had a dunk. You know what I'm saying? He just wasn't shooting threes. You when we that, and that's the criticism I think we both have about him and and that contract is like, okay, you're paying this man this amount of money just to shoot threes and to shoot it on a curl, and that's about it, right? That's the, like that's what the issue was with, with with you and I think everybody, even Ray included. Um, but in this game in the playoffs, I, I saw some physicality. You know what I'm saying? Like. He wasn't backing down. He was about to get into into a melee. Into, I don't want to say a fight, but get into something with a particular uh, with a, a Sixers player. I can't think of the player actually right now, but he was about to get in. He got into a Sixers player's face. Um, he had the dunk. Uh, so he just played with some physicality, which I do like. I think that when you come to the postseason, man, you're playing against the bullies on the the bullies on the block in the 76ers. So you gotta you gotta bring it. Everybody has to bring it. Nobody has to. No one no one on that team should be playing scared. No one really believes they can they can beat the Sixers, so you, you're playing with house money. Yeah, it's going to take a team effort. Mm-hmm. It's going to take everyone um, giving their best. It's going to take Scott Brooks mm-hmm. uh, and his coaches coming up with a better scheme defensively um, for the 76ers, whether that is, you know, um, doubling and beat or well. Myself personally, yeah, but I, yeah, what's your, I think yeah. you, I think you. Well, I would, I would let Embiid's going to have to beat me. Mm-hmm. He's going to have to beat me, and he's going. I have Alex Lynn. I have uh, Robin Lopez. I have Daniel Gafford, and I can even maybe, maybe, on some instances, get away with Davis Berton. Um, yeah, checking him. Or, so he's going to yeah. have to earn it. And he and in the purpose and in the process, he's going to get banged up, mm-hmm. right? I'm mm-hmm. not letting those other guys um, beat me mm-hmm. because I think once when you double, when you double um, and beat, and he's able to kick it out to yeah. a guy like um, Ben Simmons, and Ben Simmons kind of. Um, penetrates into the into the lane mm-hmm. and then he find he'll be able to find the open guy for an open three and they have you know uh you know me you and I were having this conversation um I don't necessarily trust guys who you know the others per se yeah. on that 76 squad um you know with um Danny Green and uh Curry. Seth Curry to be consistent mm-hmm. but um I'm not going to give them the opportunity to get open looks 
So I'm going to play and be one-on-one and see where it takes me and see how I hold up. Yeah, see, I would. I mean, I just didn't like the way they doubled. I heard Jason Smith say it on their post game show, the Wizards post game show. So I'm not gonna like steal it, but I I agree with them. It's just the way they doubled. It was like they weren't even they weren't sure if they're gonna double or not, right? They were into they they were into they're indecisive of when they should double, and they doubled. It was like a half. It was a half ass double, right? It wasn't like an all the way double team. So to me, if you're gonna double and be, then you gotta go hard at it. Like you just gotta. You gotta make sure you get there quick. That way, you make an aggressive an aggressive double. That you then you know the pass isn't as crisp because he was finding dudes easy. Like it wasn't even hard. Some some of the passes he had to make out of the double. Like he could find Steph Curry in eye view for open three. I mean, he had one where Ben Simmons had an easy cut for a dunk off his off the double. Like I'm talking about stuff that you see um, in boys and girls AAU type of thing. Like. It was that easy of a pass for an NBA player. So I would just say if they're going to double, double more aggressively. You know what I'm saying? That would be my thing. But, yeah, I would start off, you know, going, you know, singling up on MB. I mean, I mean, just just start off with that. And if that works, go with it. That way, you know that you can take away the shooters. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, you're, you know, Ben, Sim- I mean, you know, Embiid's like, and regardless, you know, Ben, like to your point, Will, you already know Embiid's going to get his regardless, even if you double him, though, real talk. He's going to get his regardless. So um, I, t- I totally agree with you. Well, it's, yeah. not, it's not just – and if if you do double, mm-hmm. you have to – I guess when you play when you play Embiid on the post, you have to play him at different angles, mm-hmm. right? Not just – maybe you front him sometimes. Maybe you play behind him. And when the double team comes, maybe the double team comes from the baseline. Mm-hmm. Maybe it comes from the elbow. Maybe it comes – um, off of you know, yeah, off of rotation yeah. from from someplace else. Mm-hmm. So it, it you have to vary it. Yeah. So he so he doesn't know where the double team is coming, and also he can't, he can't predict you know when you play him a certain way, whether that's front in the post or playing from behind mm-hmm. him, or whether it's playing his own. Um, he'll be able to detect where you know where the double team is coming from. No, I, you know, I totally agree. You're listening to the Urban Sports Scene, part of Ampire Media, ampiremedia.com. All right, so if if the Wizards are to win game two, who needs the ball out? The game is tomorrow night. Rui. Rui, okay. Rui Hachimura. He had 12, um, I, think, I think he had like 12 yet on, on Sunday. So how much would he have to get? Or is it a point thing? Because he only had limited shots too. I think um, he has, he has to get more shots mm-hmm. um, and create you know a, a urgency on the defense that you know when he does have the ball that you know um, it that, that they play him differently mm-hmm. right where they don't just um, play off of him on occasion mm-hmm. no, right I, so yeah. I think Rui has to get you know mm-hmm. twenty plus okay. He has to be like a twenty ten, like a twenty ten guy. Oh, I agree. If they're going to be successful, if they're going to have success. All right, no, I agree with that. I agree with that opinion. Um, so I posted this this, this question on our social media platforms. Um, uh, this was posted on our Twitter, our Urban Sporting Twitter page, and on Facebook. Uh, on Twitter at Trev Stores WFT says Rui, Russ, Gaffer. I mean, you know, Gaffer and Bill. Yeah, all the all the dudes have to stay. I would add Bertant in that too. I mean, I wouldn't. I think Bills, but you, I think you pretty much know what you're gonna get from Bill. I don't really think that. I think Bill's gonna do what he does. Um, my man Cameron, what's going on, Cameron? Said uh, on Twitter, said I'm going to say Rui and Gafford. Both of them got their uh, their first playoff game out out their belt, so I expect them both to play well in game two. And to expect and what you hope for. I know. <laughs> Facts. And also, man, uh, on on Facebook, um, Joe Bradford said, Bertant, uh, given his minutes, if he doesn't score, it is more difficult for us to win. And also, uh, Edward Tober said, I would give Gil a try. Oh, yeah, Gil from Virginia. Give him a try. Um, Edward, he also said bench. He said bench Bertans, then maybe he'll get his butt in gym and get more shots of this year and last year. Uh, last year are night are like night and day. Yeah, but a lot of folks, you know, but Bertans played well in game one, so we can't. I don't want to knock. He played well in game one. Yeah, I mean, he he played he played decently. Yeah, you know? 
So he played, he played decent. Mm-hmm. You know, I I can't complain and say he was. Well, I mean, I also have a pretty low um, level. Yeah, of I know. I'm about to say. I'm about to say. <laughs> it's not like you got you think the highest of returns, right, Will T? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, uh, but yeah, for me, I I think it has to be. It has to be Rui. I do agree. I think Rui has to get 20, has to get 20, has 20, 20 and 10. I mean, 20, but an impactful 20. And I think he has to do score in a variety of different ways. I mean, just own the game. And, I, and you know, I don't always want to go with points uh, because I think points aren't always the best indicator of how someone is playing because you can have 30 and jack up 100 shots to get 30. Um, but I do think you have to have an impact in scoring. Like, you have to be efficient. And you do have for for his point for for Rui since we do see I think he was only say five for eight or something like that he needs to get more shots and he also needs to you know kind of feel himself you know what I'm saying like you can tell when a dude's playing with that edge and he feels like he's one of the better players on the court he's gonna have to play that way because he plays that way they have an opportunity to beat him even to me even if Rui plays well it's not a guarantee right no absolutely not <laughs> um, the Sixers team is um, from a talent perspective. On their roster, they just have better. They have better talent, in my mm-hmm. opinion. And, um, they're playing more cohesively on the defensive end. Yeah, and playing with more energy and effort. Yeah, man. So it's gonna be a tough. It's gonna be a tough one. But you know, if they if the Wizards Wizards were in this game, so they play. You know, they do have. They have anything to hang their hats on. They can say we were in the game. If we can do a little, a couple things better, we can maybe pull off a, a, an upset and get a W in Philadelphia. But you know, Philly's probably saying the saying something totally. Similar too, and B's not in foul trouble. We we dominate that game, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. So only only time will tell, and we'll see tomorrow night. It goes down, folks. So tune in. All right, host of the Above the Rim podcast, Just Blaze, will join us to talk about the other NBA playoff matchups and Kwame Brown after the break. You're listening to the Urban Sports Scene for ages. Yeah, are we doing this? Cause I don't, I forget. Are we are we going back to this real quick, or we're we not going to do this? I don't know. What are we doing, Will T? I mean, we can. Okay, I mean, we hold can. on, hold on, hold I, on. I, I really hold on. Let me go back. Let me go back. Hold on. I'm I'm kind of hyped for this. You're listening to the Urban Sports Scene. The ages. You dig? Deuces. Oh man, just got a tear in my eye for this. Thank you. Uh, whatever. <laughs> hold on. It's just a public service announcement. Sponsored by Just Blaze and the good folks at Rockefeller Records. Fellow Americans, it is with the utmost pride and sincerity that I present this recording as a living testament and recollection of history in the making during our generation. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Ho, Oh, H to the O-V. I used to move snowflakes by the O-Z. I guess even back then you can call me CEO of the ROC, Ho. Fresh out the frying pan into the fire, I be the music biz number one supplier. Flyer than a piece of paper bearing my name. Got the hottest chick in the game wearing my chain. That's right, ho, ho. Not DOC, but similar to them letters, no one could do it better. I check cheddar like a food inspector. My homie Strick told me, dude, finish your breakfast. So that's what I'ma do. Take you back to the dude with the Lexus. Fast forward the jewels and the necklace. Let me tell you, dudes, what I do. All right. all right all right all right all right you are listening to the urban sports scene with wole and will t the homie ray Jeezy is out we're part of empire media you know i had to play that just blaze joint because i'm i got i got my homie on here man so i had to like represent all right Right now we have co- we have host of the Above the Rim podcast, Just Blaze on the line. What's good, homie? Just you there? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. Yeah, yeah. What's good, my man? Oh, apologies, <laughs> my brother. I, I heard everything. Is I thought you heard me. Yeah, I appreciate the <laughs> once again, my brother. You you know it's always a pleasure when you invite me on, man. You know it, bro. You know it, man. It's a pleasure having you on, man. You know NBA playoffs playoffs are back. Will and I were talking about before uh, during the beginning of the show about just how. It's a blessing to have fans fans back in attendance, especially the Garden. The Garden was on a whole different level. I think it just took over the whole show when it comes to basketball. Yeah, it was electric in there, man, for sure. And I'm mad that I didn't get a ticket myself, man, because <laughs> it was it was it, it was rocking in there. I tell you that we haven't heard an arena that loud in a while, so that was that was very good to see. But you know what? It actually worked um, against them because mm. it riled up Trey Young, man. We know how that. <laughs> 
I know, man. Something about like light skinned dudes in the garden, man. Reggie, you know, something about that, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, man. Hey, uh, but see, before we get into the NBA you know, playoff talks, we talked about it a little bit, but let's talk about uh, Kwame Brown cashing in all his receipts. Uh, for the folks who don't know, yeah. uh, Kwame Brown was the the Wizards' first pick overall, um, and you know a lot of people were going on him back in the day about him being a bust, and that included Stephen A. Smith. Recently, included uh, Stephen Jackson, Matt Barnes, and Gilbert Arenas, just to name a few. Uh, but what were your thoughts on that whole situation? Um, I I thought it was it it was interesting. I mean, it definitely came out of left field. Mm-hmm. Um, because orig- originally I never heard, I didn't hear the original um Stephen Jackson and Matt Barnes mm-hmm. podcast talking about him originally. Mm-hmm. So when I heard Kwame Brown was throwing shots, I said, "Uh oh, what what's happening? What's going on?" Mm-hmm. But um, when Kwame came in, he came in hot, man. He wasn't <laughs> uh holding in holding no punches and you know what too I know, I know it was a joke a lot of it was a joke in the beginning all of that talking about Kwame looking for all the smoke mm. but he made some excellent points mm. when he was talking about both of them and what they were saying about him and, and the points about Charlemagne too yeah, how they yeah. try to play his family mm-hmm. which I didn't like also so even though there was jokes to it there's also some truth to this shit too so yeah, facts, facts. Um, shout out shout out to Kwame for at least bringing some of that to life yeah I agree hey, Will, what you think bro uh, it was like a car crash, man. <laughs> like, you know, you could, no, seriously, seriously, right? Because, you know, you see it, ha- you see it about to happen, but you can't take your eyes off of it just because for some reason you're so fixated on it, right? And you find whether you, that, that interest is, you know, a, you want to see the accident mm-hmm. or you, you, you kind of, I, I don't know how I, I think I I can't think of the exact way I want to phrase it, but um, to hear a guy who and like I told you, Wale, when when you sent me the text, I said that's the first time I've ever heard Kwame Brown speak. I know we from D- right? yeah, we live in the area, bro. We live in the area. We seen this. Yeah, we live in the area. I follow the wizard. That's the first time I had ever I had ever heard his voice. I ever heard him speak, but. Um, there are a couple things about this, right? This is a guy who's been beaten down by people over the, what, the last 20, you know, 20 some odd, some odd years with people saying he's a bust. Um, the worst, you know, potentially one of the worst, um, number ones overall ever drafted. And once you hear that enough, and then you also have, you had to deal with a guy who you considered your idol and Michael Jordan consistently beating you verbally beating you down and then you had to go play with Kobe and probably had to deal with Kobe beating you down and on top of the public all of the criticism and the cynicism from them he just said man enough is enough I'm going to speak my piece and he you know he took that opportunity and took his platform and he defended himself and at the same time bullied people who were who were bullying him that's the truth, though. Like to me, and and and, uh, and just Blaze, I was listening to your podcast about it, and I thought it was like what everybody said was pretty dope. You know what I'm saying? Like, and the thing about that whole situation, it was it's just like you got dudes who who think of themselves as like you know being tough guys, and it's wild that you know no one thought of Kwame that way, right? No one initially thought of Kwame being like this. And I mean, he's seven foot, so obviously you know I ain't saying he's soft, but it, no one thought about him that yeah. way before, right? But now so you you talking about Matt Barnes and everybody knows about Matt Barnes and Derek Fisher and what he did with to Derek Fisher. You talking about Steven Jackson and everybody knows about his stuff in Indiana. I'm not even talking about the malice in the palace. I'm just talking about what he was doing outside of, you know, playing ball. And and you know about these dudes. And Kwame speaks up and you could tell when somebody really wanted to smoke and when somebody act like they want it. And they backtracked yeah. a little bit. Like they dra- they backtracked. I don't even want to say a little bit. They backtracked. And so that let me know, like, oh, and NBA circles, they know, you know who's who and who's what. Like, I always said, like, you can tell by on the court, like, like, Kenya Martin. Bamas didn't want, folks didn't want to mess with Kenya Martin. Like, you could tell. Like, you can read it and see it. Now I see with Kwame. Like, I watch, I'm like, oh, these dudes, oh, Kwame must really be about their life. 
Because these dudes ain't trying yeah. to check him. Like, they're not even really trying to check him. They're like, oh, you know what? He has a point. That's the first time I ever heard when somebody has been reckless and going at somebody and that the, and the initial response is, you know what? He's right. He has a point. I'm like, wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And, it's, and and Gilbert Arenas, too. You yeah. saw how Gilbert Arenas backtracked real quick. Yeah. He said that he had to... um. And he had to fight like twenty guards in, yes. the, in the club just mm-hmm. to get him out the club. <laughs> so and 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 to be honest though, we know Kwame Brown. He's a he's a country boy, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm assuming. No, he's so a country he boy. Sounds like, he yeah. sounds like one. So. Yeah. So I remember I looked in his IG and he had a um he was playing with a couple sniper rifles <laughs> and a couple like automatics in the backyard with his tracker. So I was like, oh, yeah, I see why they don't want the smoke. But, I mean, Matt Barnes did challenge him in the ring. Yeah. I don't know if that's going to happen. I doubt that. But, yeah, but, um, yeah man, it's crazy because it was the first time I heard him talk, too. So he, he wasn't holding back, man. But I, I, I do know that there is a difference, though. This is the thing. When you get public pressure, you're going you're, you're easily to respond to it. Like, to me, I, I, I really vibe when people's initial response to something like what Kwame stated. Like, when Kwame stated the first time, I was like, and how they responded back, that's their truest response. You get what I'm saying? Like, that's their truest response. Yeah. Now, everybody is going, yeah. when everybody's going in and saying like, oh, Kwame got y'all, he got y'all, he got y'all, it forces you to respond a certain way. You get what I'm saying? Like, the whole face, the, 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 yeah. the, the state face. So that's why, like, you're right. Like, Matt Barnes did respond and said, yeah, we can go in the ring. But why, I mean, my thing is that Matt Barnes, knowing who we know Matt Barnes to be because of what we've seen him in the past, how come that wasn't the first response? You get what I'm saying? Like, how come that wasn't the first instinct yeah. to say that? So I'm like, is that more of a pressure thing? Because, the you know, the public is like, yo, Kwame got you. you what you going to do? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So Yeah, I, I, agree with that. I, I think you're right about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, what would you say, Will? I, I, I guess, to, no, I was just going to say one more thing I wanted to add. I guess the most disappointing thing for me is, right, when, when guys get to that level, mm-hmm just getting to the NBA, right? Like only 5% of the people who, you know, um, I think get, get, ever get to get that opportunity to play in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Right. And for, and, and that's like a, frater- to me, it's like a fraternity, right? Not everyone's going to be accepted into that fraternity. Um, and those who are actually making into that fraternity, they, it, it should be a brotherhood because they know what the, you know, one they have, they probably have some crazy stories to tell about. You know, just playing in the NBA and their experiences. And two, they also know the dedication, the hard work, and the sacrifice it takes to make it there. And for the, to hear them kind of disparaging him and talking bad about him, it's one thing for us, right? We're yeah. <laughs> we're fans. We're people who who follow the game. We're I'm not gonna say we're nobody, but you know, compared to um, our, our lack of knowledge of what it takes and the sacrifice it took for them to get to that point, right? Mm. Um, it it isn't you know as deep or as knowledgeable as those guys, but to hear those guys kind of disparaging him, that's you know to me that was a little bit disappointing. But no, nah, it is what it is. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm I'm just happy that he got a Stephen A. Smith because that was the one that got me. I was I was good with that. Like Stephen Stephen A. Smith needed to kind of he had he had to get checked. Like I'm glad Kwame checked him. I ain't gonna lie, I'm just happy. I'm happy. How he... long? Real, real quick, but how how long do you think they turn this into like a podcast deal for him or some type of oh, business deal? Soon, for him? soon. I feel like it's coming. It's coming. Come on, bro. He got his followers up and everything. This, like, this. I mean, it's Definitely. he would be smarter. He'd be smart too. I mean, it's it's coming, bro. It's coming. Matt Barnes ain't stupid either, though. I mean, but, don't get but twisted. The, he's he's stupid either. But what's the subject matter after this, right? Yeah. Like, do people sure. really want to hear Kwame Brown speak, or do they just want to hear him kind of spew negativity towards anyone who's been negative towards him? Yeah. Who's been negative towards him? You know, in the That's media, true. right? That's so, true. like, what's mm-hmm. the point? You know, what's the end game, right? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think he has to take advantage. I don't even of, know. <laughs> yeah, I ain't gonna lie to you. He just got to take advantage. He does have to take advantage of this this situation, this platform. One way, I don't know how he can do it. To be real with you, because you're right, you're right, Will, because it. I, I mean, for me, and I was, I was, I thought this was quite entertaining. I was all over, you know, YouTube, whatever, Instagram, trying to f- hear anything Kwame had to say. But now I'm getting to a point where, like, I'm kind of like, eh, I'm, I'm done with it. I think I've heard enough. So, like, but I'm, but again, he has to take advantage of the situation because he does have a following. Um, to you know, he has a following. So now it's like, all right, you know, I've done this. What am I going to do next? But 
you know, Matt and Matt Barnes ain't stupid. I would want to give him on all, um, all about the smoke too, though. I would try to get Kwame ASAP. You know what I'm saying? I would try to get Kwame because that's ratings for real. Like that's thorough ratings. So you got everybody trying to take advantage of this Kwame thing, man. Don't get it twisted. Even the dudes that beefing with him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's, you know, most people, you know, when you're in that, I mean, look at look at us. Like we, you know, if you're into the podcast. Like whether you're doing it as a professional, you're doing leisurely like us, you want to attract as many listeners as possible. And mm-hmm. if you're Matt Barnes and Steven Jackson, why not have Kwame Brown on your podcast and you all can um, discuss it? Because, you know, just the the advertisement, you know, Kwame Brown on all of the smoke is going to draw eyes because people want to see negativity. They want to see a fight. They want to see, you know, some type of argument or, sure. you know, some manifestation of what's been going on between those three going back and forth, how, how it manifests. Facts. You know what I'm saying? So true. But will we, will you, you want to get to our next question? We got to talk playoffs. We've been doing Kwame. Kwame's cool though, but I'll let Will do the next yeah. question. <laughs> Just one question for you, man. Um, the first, the first round games have been exciting. What's your favorite series this far and, and why? Is this for me? Yeah, for you, bro. You the yeah. star, bro. You the star, man. We got let you oh, go, bro. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> my, no, my favorite series, um, well, it's it's clear to me. It's definitely that Lakers Sun series for me. Um there's there's a lot riding on this series for me, man, because I've been I've been on the Suns all year. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows I'm a big Chris Paul guy. I've been a big Chris Paul supporter his whole career. So and I've gotten more I guess, uh, boisterous over the years, I guess, because Chris Paul gets so much hate. Mm. And I don't really, I guess I don't really understand why. Um, so it's, it's, you know, it's, it's kind of weird. So I've been a, a big, uh, Chris Paul supporter lately. So I'm definitely rooting for, uh, Suns and Lakers. I mean, the Suns, obviously against the Lakers. Mm. And I really think they could pull this series out, man. I, I, I know a lot of people are not giving them a chance. But I've watched every single game this year. I've seen how complete they are as a team. Mm-hmm. Um, they complete on on the offensive side and the defensive side of the ball. Chris Paul is the quarterback of that team, we know. But not only that, is that I know a lot of people are talking about the lack of experience um, for the young guys on the Suns. But even though they have lack of playoff experience, they really have been playing in big games. Mm-hmm. Like, this is one of the first years, clearly, of their <clears throat> career that they've kind of gone from the hunters to the hunted, like a lot of people say. Mm-hmm. So since they've been sort of close to the top all year, pretty much, a lot of teams were looking at them as one of the upper echelon teams and were giving them their best shot. Mm-hmm. So guys like Booker and Aiton and Mikael Bridges, they've taken on that defensive assignment and that offensive assignment all year and really stepped up to the challenge. So I think Chris Paul definitely got the troops ready, and I know it's a tough task to beat the Lakers, but there are tactical advantages that the Suns do have mm-hmm. um, to help them in order to pull the series out, and I think we saw some of it in Game One. Yeah, I, I, well, I go, go, I Will. Follow, go, Will. Follow up. I got a follow-up question for you, Jeff. All right, yeah. you said you yeah. think that Phoenix can pull off. Um, well, it wouldn't be an upset. You think that they can defeat the Lakers, right? We know that the um, NBA ratings have been down. Do you think if LeBron James were to exit the playoffs in the first round that the general public would just kind of say, all right, I don't, I'm not interested? Um, I think there's going to be a few people that do that, but I think generally that happens sometimes regardless because I think people, depending on, on who's playing. But I, I, I do think the NBA is going to be a little bit tight that they got a uh, that there's no LeBron or no Steph in the playoffs. Mm. But honestly, to me, I don't care. You know, <laughs> us Coopers, us yeah. people who watch basketball, us people who watch basketball, we want to see that shit. Listen, the best team has to win, no mm. matter who it is. I know the refs are gonna try, so it's definitely gonna be the Suns <laughs> versus the the Lakers and the refs. Um, so I don't know if you guys even know this too. Game one that um, the Lakers shot 17 free throws in the first half, yeah. and the Suns shot zero in the first half. So, listen, it was, they already started the nonsense already. But um, <laughs> I do think the, 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 league, the league probably will be a little tight if, if LeBron is out in the first round. But I don't care. I think it will bring more intrigue to the playoffs, mm-hmm. actually, because especially at that point, anybody can win if the Lakers are out because there's truly no juggernaut. So yeah. I, think, um, I think it will add actually more intrigue, and I think it will force the media 
Mm-hmm. To actually start talking about more players rather than LeBron all damn day. <laughs> hey, you know I'm a Laker fan, man. You really like like I see what you're doing right I now. I know. <laughs> it's too, mu- it's right too much LeBron, man. <laughs> Listen, um, um, Wale, man, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, fellas, if y'all saw first take this morning, but you know there's a lot of playoff basketball going on, right? Yeah. And the second topic on first take today, the second the second topic was which LeBron James was the best? Heat LeBron, Cavs LeBron, Lakers LeBron. I'm sitting here like, what kind of question is that? That has nothing to do with playoff basketball right now. Yeah, man. So they're going to have to figure it out when, when, when your boy is out, man. Hey man, I'm telling you, bro. Like, hey, Chris Paul being like semi hurt, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm having hope for that. I'm having, I'm on one be hurt because I do like Chris yeah. Paul. Like Will and I, we both we love Chris yeah. Paul. We we we're, we're with you. We think that Chris Paul doesn't get the, the uh, get the amount of attention that he does deserve, and he gets too much hate. I do agree. Like a lot of situations about his early exits weren't really on him. You know what I'm saying? But they want to put it on him. But it is what it is. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to the the Suns, I said I told my boy to my boy uh, Ray, I told Ray this, and uh, I was like. Yo, the Suns are real. They're legit. Like it's not. They play the Lakers. Not like this is going. This is not going to be easy any which way. You know what I'm saying? Because and to me, and we talked about this dude all the time. Like Aiton. Like I think Aiton is the key. Like you get like because I I feel like he's a problem. Like I've always said. I told you this. I think Aiton is a problem because he's so talented. He's yeah. so gifted. It's not. It's not about skill. It's not about skill with him because he got that. You know what I'm saying? So hopefully, you know. They put it together, you know what I'm saying? Hopefully, like I mean, I'm not for the Lakers, you know what I'm saying? I hope the Lakers put it together. So I don't <laughs> want the Suns put it together. But if they, but if the Suns, you yeah. know, play the way they can play, they can, they can go as far as anybody. So I'm with that, man. They can go as far as anybody. Yeah. Before we gotta speed this up, but before I want to ask you a question. Um, what to, to what is the most compelling storyline in this series? Then I mean, this playoffs, this playoffs for you, non Suns. Nonsense. Uh, the, <laughs> the most com- the most compelling, I would say, I would say there might be a couple, but I would say number one, who's actually going to come out the West? Mm-hmm. Because I do think every every team in the West can beat each other, in my opinion. Um, so I do think whoever comes out the West is going to be a dogfight, mm-hmm. and also who can actually challenge. The uh the Nets in the East mm. because the there's too much firepower going out there now. So now earlier in the playoffs, my my pick to upset the Nets was actually the Celtics, but this was right before Jalen Brown got hurt when yeah. I first did that episode. So I was pissed about that because I literally I actually felt like the Celtics could really match up very well with the Nets if they had Jalen Brown mm-hmm. of course because they have two two way threats that they can actually. Um, match the Nets bucket for bucket if they had all their all their firepower there, but that's not happening. So I don't think I don't know if the Bucks have enough to beat beat the Nets, man. I'm I'm a, I like Giannis, but he's still not ready yet. He yeah. still got to upgrade his game in the East. I still think the Heat really could give him some problems. I think that's going seven. So in Philly, I don't really trust them yet. I mm. really don't trust them fully. So um, the Knicks too is a great is a great story, and I actually. I, I actually felt like the Hawks do have the better team, they do, yeah. but the the Knicks may maybe actually uh, pulling it out because the way that they play together. So there's a lot of there's a lot of storyline, man. I don't know if I could choose one in particular. There's mm-hmm. a lot. All right, so I have one more question before we let you go. Um, in your opinion, which team has to has to worry the most? Now you, you can say the Lakers, but which team has to worry has has to be scared the most? Out of the first, out of what, out of what you saw, has to, has to be that like worried. Which team should be has worried? Has to be worried the like, most. That, yeah, who's worried? Who should be really, really worried? Like which team should be worried like the most? Like it should be on red alert right I now. I would say, I would say the the Clippers should be on red Ooh, alert yeah, right Luka now. Luca ready though. Not you gonna right. lie, Luca ready. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm not gonna. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie because it's bad too because they tank to play them. But mm-hmm. man, when I saw that first game, I don't know if you saw me on uh, saw me on Twitter, but mm-hmm. before the game, I called how important Tim Hardaway Jr. is to yeah, this Mavericks team. Mm-hmm. And Tim Hardaway Jr., he showed up in that game one, man. When he's hot, when he start hitting them threes, he could really get you a quick 20, mm-hmm. 20 to twenty to 25 really quick. And and he's really the, the key to that offense. So um, the Clippers need to be scared, man, because the, the Mavs can score. Mm-hmm. And that's really, really where um, – 
where they're going to run into trouble. I know a lot of people love playoff Rondo, but he's not a savior. He can't guard everybody. He, <laughs> yeah, you're right. He's definitely... He can't guard Luka. As we can see, he nah. can't guard Luka. So I don't know. what Kawhi got to guard Luka, man. I don't want to hear any any yeah. nonsense about that. Kawhi got to take that assignment, man. Yeah. I, I, I agree. He got to. He's getting a lot of. He get. He gets a lot of leeway because we deal with Toronto. But this is the. This is the matchup. He gotta. He gotta take on. He gotta own this one. He gotta own this one because Luca. Oh wait, fellas, fellas. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to ask you guys how you feel about your Wizards. Do you think they got a chance? I know y'all out there in DC. Oh, do they got a chance against Philly we, or what? We just talked about this prior. Nah, they don't got a chance. They don't play no defense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 Will that they got? Will you? Will you agree with me? Right. Then they got you. No, I, yeah, I totally agree with you. I don't think the Wizards have a chance. Yeah, man. I think the best. Not now the game, not one game. Uh, you can get one. I mean, it's a, it was that. No. That's a gentleman sweep. Is that what that is? That, isn't that what it's called? A gentleman sweep, getting one game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't even think they get one game. I think they make they make it very interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, the two games at home, but I think Philadelphia takes this four zero. Yeah. Ooh. No face. No. no. Face. Hey, the dude that, a real talk, the dude that is that's missing tonight tonight is Ray, our other co-host. He would say yes, like that. He's yeah. he's the Wizards fan of the group. Like he is the actual Wizards fan. Ooh. So he would he probably would I give you all it. types of reasons why the Wizards can pull it out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Shout out to Ish Smith too, man. Yeah, he balled, bro. He's becoming one of my favorites, man. Nah, he balled. We just talked about he balled, man. I thought he balled in game one. You know what I'm saying? But they're gonna need a yeah. lot more than Ish. <laughs> they're gonna need oh, a lot yeah. more. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that's though, for man. sure. For real. Oh yeah, this series is yeah. it's a tough one. It's going. It's definitely a tough one. But uh, hey, thanks, my man, for being on. Before I let you go, tell our tell our listeners about the next about your pod, the current pod, and the pod you got going down the pike, coming down the pike of uh, the episode. I mean, and also how they can catch you on social media. And when bro, we gotta do an NBA show together. That because I feel like this segment too short. There's so much that we can talk about. <laughs> Uh, first of all, a hundred percent. Yeah, we definitely need a whole segment, man. Because if you know, you know, we could go all day yeah. with, uh, with that. But um, of course, I, I appreciate you, fellas. Wale, will appreciate y'all inviting me on the show, man. It was a pleasure as always. Um, yeah, of course, I got a new episode coming out. Um, I'm not sure what day I'm gonna do it this mm-hmm. week because I'm gonna see what type of games pile up because I want to go crazy talking about Suns and Lakers. So I need some <laughs> juice in there first in that series. But, um, yeah, man, so check out the pod anywhere you listen to Apple, Spotify, Above the Rim Podcast. Um, on Twitter, you can follow me at JustBlaze underscore 513. That's J-U-S-B-L-A-Z-E underscore 513. And um, check me out, man. Fellas, you know we're going to be sparring, especially you're going to see me out there tonight because that Lakers-Suns game, you're about to be live. Oh, yeah, you know it, man. It's going to be lit, so you already know. So you're going to see me on Twitter ASAP. Yep. <laughs> of course. Appreciate the invite, fellas. Uh, anytime, bro. <laughs> All, right. All right. No, anytime, man. My man. Right. All right, man. Take it easy. And take it easy, man. Again, make sure you follow Just Blaze on Twitter at JustBlaze underscore five one three. Will T, you take us to break, bro. Oh, man, Will yeah, T. Yeah. 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 So you're gonna take All us to right. break? Nah. <laughs> yeah, I, I we have two mega fights this summer. We'll you. talk about both after the break. The urban sports scene. On Empire Media. <laughs> What it do? I'm your homie Wole with the Urban Sports Scene, part of Empire Media. And I'm here to tell you about Monkey Knife Fight. Monkey Knife Fight is the fastest growing sports gaming platform in North America, while being the third largest daily fantasy sports platform. It's easy to play. Users don't have to spend all day analyzing salary caps and lineups like other daily fantasy sports sites. It also offers all the major sports plus UFC, golf, esports, soccer, college basketball, NASCAR, and much more. Plus, users won't compete against thousands of professionals with algorithms like other daily fantasy sports sites. That crap could be annoying. Monkey Knife Fight has various jackpot contests such as Home Run Derby, which is the MLB $5,000 jackpot on Fridays, and Eagle Eye, which is the PGA 2500 jackpot on Thursdays. Sign up now and get your chance to win the bag. Go to www.monkeyknifefight.com. Again, that is www.monkeyknifefight.com. And don't forget to sign up using the code URBAN. Again, that's URBAN. That's U-R-B-A-N, URBAN. Hey, help me make you great.
You are listening to the Urban Sports Scene with Will T and myself, Wole, on Ampire Media. All right. Excuse me, sorry. It was it was announced that Manny Pacquiao and Earl Spence will battle August twenty first. Will, were you surprised when you heard the news? And what were your thoughts on the mega fight? What are your thoughts on the mega fight? Uh, was I surprised? Not necessarily. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> was it the the fight that I was expecting? Uh. Yeah. Um, no, I'm, I mean, you, if you look at it, right, both of them are aligned to PBC boxing. Um, both of those guys had essentially gone through the other top fighters at 147. Mm-hmm. So where else was there? <clears throat> who else was there for these two guys to fight, right? Mm-hmm. You know, if, if the fight was going to stay in-house. Now, one thing we know for sure it wasn't going to be either one of them fighting Terrence Bud Crawford. That just didn't make sense at this time with the country not fully open um, from a, you know, with uh, sports venues at 100% capacity in certain uh, states and certain regions in the country. So it, it just didn't make sense <clears throat> for Bud Crawford to fight um Errol Spence, that's a fight that's probably in Vegas and, you know, at uh, Alliance Stadium and could pop, I'm not going to say could, could sell out, but it would probably have like 50, maybe 50,000 fans. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't just, I, I just don't think that that fight is ready to happen for the simple fact that um, the, there's a growing disparage between the level of competition or perceived level of competition that Errol Spence is for yeah. and Bud Crawford is for, and it won't be, um, Bud Crawford's already stated it, the fight will be 50-50, right? As mm-hmm. far as the purse now is, um, Errol Spence continues to fight higher level competition and he continues to look better against that competition. I don't think we'll, you know, we'll, we'll get the, we'll get that fight. Um, for some time being, because I, you know, Errol Spence would would ha- wouldn't be um, inclined to give him fifty fifty. Yeah, I mean, and why would he though, right? Let's be real. Like once you get to, te- to and this is the thing that we're talking business side of everything, but still, I mean, it's still all in the boxing game. But and this is why I was saying that when folks were talking about Bud Crawford and Pacquiao even going that route, right? People get amped like, yo, yeah. Pacquiao and Bud gonna happen like it's gonna happen and I'm thinking to myself so you really think that Al Heyman's gonna give Bud Ur, I mean Bud Manny Pacquiao before he gives Earl Manny Pacquiao like would that make any sense no it's, what he's gonna do is gonna give Earl Pacquiao he's gonna get that fight because I believe he promised Earl mega fights anyway I mean I say he promised but the the assumption was that he promised to, to help get Earl you know where he wanted to be at in terms of notoriety and being one of the best names in boxing and how do you do that? Well, you get one of the better names in boxing, who is Manny Pacquiao, a legend. You know what I'm saying? A guy that, to me, is even now, is probably a bigger draw than Earl, Earl Spence. You're getting, you know, so you're going to fight that individual to help you put yourself to a different bracket. And I think Al Heyman, as a promoter, has done that for his fighter. Would he? And I expect him to do that for his fighter. Now, you know, for, so for him to let Pacquiao go fight somebody else to uplift that fighter, in terms of boxing business, I didn't see that happening. So this is the fight that I expected to kind of to happen. I didn't expect it to happen in this summer. I'm not going to lie to you, uh, but it is going to happen. And I know I feel bad for, for Bud in the, in the fact that, yo, if you thought Earl was a, was, was, was doing you dirty before you, <laughs> bro, it's going to be much worse in terms of the, what you're going to ask for in terms of pricing. Cause it won't be 50, 50. It may not even be shoot, man. What? I mean, what do you think would be in terms of negotiation if Earl beat Manny Pacquiao? What would that be like? What, like, how would that in negotiation work? Would it be six? I don't even know. It'd be sixty forty, bro. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 I mean, it would have to be sixty forty, or they would have to come to some conclusion if both men feel confident in their ability to to beat um, the other one. Mm-hmm. Then win against all? sixty, I'm not saying lose all, against yeah. forty. Yeah, forty. Yeah. I know, man. It's 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 hard, man. Like, and I feel for I feel for Bud because he's he's that skilled. But 
it's it's it's, it's difficult, man. It really is because now it puts. It I de- mean, go ahead. It's difficult, and not only that. Um, as Errol Spence continues to fight on these pay per view cards, and he's the main attraction. The first thing he's going to say is, okay, what are your pay-per-view numbers? Exactly, bro. You're not fighting on pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. You're, not bringing in the, you're not bringing in the viewers that I'm bringing in, so mm-hmm. why should I give you 50-50? Yeah. But, I, but, but on the flip side, I do think it, it is a – I mean, it's, it's definitely the, the toughest fight that Earl has had. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you arguably, you can say that um, Kell Brook at that particular point in time when he fought him may have been his toughest, even, even with Pacquiao. I mean, Pacquiao now. Um, compared to Kell Brook back then, um, you can make an argument that Kell Brook was probably his toughest. Um, well, Porter well, was tough Sean, too. The, the Porter, Porter was good. Was, it was tough too. I'm not. I'm now. Those are tough boxers too. That's a tough. Yeah, tough. Yeah, he's a tough fight, and he's still a tough fighter. So yeah, um, but I do think Pacquiao is his toughest opponent. I will say that. I think Pacquiao, because you know, one, it's Pac, he's Pacquiao. He's an all-time great. One of the best boxers ever to, ever to do it. And also, it's different too, right, Will T? And we can talk about this in terms of any sport or any genre. But Pacquiao has fought at the highest, the highest level with the brightest lights, and this is going to be the brightest light that Errol Spence has ever seen. So there's something about being experienced in that situation, right? Absolutely. <coughs> Excuse me, fighting in um, major, you mm-hmm. know, major cards, mm-hmm. um, you know, matches where um, you know all the hype surrounding the fight and going up to the hype. Going up to the fight, all the press mm-hmm. um, obligations, <clears throat> excuse me, things of that nature. It's going to be really in- w- one thing that I'm really interested to see is Earl's if Manny Pacquiao was still as fast mm-hmm. and is still a- has that hand and foot speed. Yeah. What does h- how does Earl Spence neutralize that? Right. Yeah. Earl Spence is a bigger is a is a physically larger uh, boxer longer arm reach, but how does he deal with that speed? And if Manny Pacquiao does, is able to weave, bob and weave his way inside um, with Errol Spence, is Pacquiao strong enough to, to hurt Spence? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, uh, and that's the thing. It's it's tough. It's, like, I, I, it, depending on what Pacquiao we're going to see, right? I think that's what it all depends on. That's what makes this fight so so interesting, right? What Pacquiao are we going to see, right? If Pacquiao shows just you know, dips into the fountain of youth, this one fight. And it's not like as if Pacquiao's fought in bad anytime we've seen him. Like recently, he's fought in, I mean, it was, it's a different competition though, right? This, we're talking about Earl Spence, you know, because a lot of people wrote off Pacquiao when he fought Keith Thurman. They were like, oh, he ain't being Keith Thurman. And he pretty much owned that fight. So it's, it's, but this is a different monster though. This is not Keith Thurman. This is Earl Spence. <laughs> so it's yeah, like, like it's, to your point. We'll say, well, it's great that, you know, I, I said, no, it's great that not only are we going to see this fight, but we'll also get an opportunity to see two yes, mega, yep. well, I won't consider a mega heavyweight fight, but two um, heavyweight fights that should be extremely competitive yep. during the summer also. And speaking on that, speaking about that fight, it was announced that, and we mentioned it earlier, it's gonna be, it was announced that wilder fury three is going down july 24th i mean like this summer's getting real bro this is the summer of boxing right now this is what you want as a boxing fan and bro like what was your i know you said this is what he deserves and and, and they actually made it they made they signed a deal it's official um yo so this is, is this are you excited for this trilogy bro absolutely i'm excited for this fight um this is a fight that um, in my opinion, should have gone. It, it is the right fight mm-hmm. <clears throat> for both of these guys. They signed a contract. They had a legal obligation. Now we know that the um, second fight w- was not as competitive. So if you Tyson Fury, if it wasn't competitive, then you go in the ring and you beat Deontay Wilder's ass a second time, mm-hmm. and then you could prep. Then you go on to fight um, Anthony Joshua. But if Deontay Wilder was inhibited by the um, the heavy um, ring out, you know, outfit that he wore to the ring, and then um, the alleged cheating, cheating or packing of the glove huh. by Tyson Fury, Tyson Fury, then you get a chance for revenge, and it should be a highly contested fight. And I'm hoping that uh, it's round 13 of the first fight, mm. opposed to um, the 
the third fight, if you know what I mean. Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely. That I know, first I, fight was very, um, was very be, entertaining. It was interesting. And highly contested. It was an interesting fight. I mean, the first fight, I actually still, even with the knockout, because I only had, like, on my card, when I was doing my cards, but other than the knockdown, you know, I gave, I did, I barely gave, um, what's his face, uh, Wilder rounds. I think the last knockdown, yeah, I mean, it made it super tight, but I still had, you know, Fury with the edge because I Fury had still won most of the rounds. Um, when we're talking about just the boxing element of the of the, of the fight, um, it's he deserves it. You know, what I'm saying, you you know what I'm saying. Like you still like like you mentioned, Will. And I was speaking as a fan and joking around saying, like, you hate no Anthony Joshua. How come we can't get the Joshua fight? But in terms of all honesty, you know, you signed a deal, right? You signed a contract. This is what yeah. it is. You can't just because something has fell on your lap, fell, fell in your lap and is an opportunity to make this fight. Nah, bro, you made you made the arrangement to fight um, to fight uh, Deontay Wilder on a three on a three on a three. It was a three fight deal. So it, it is what it is. This is what you promised. This is what it is. So. The same, the same thing. If something, the same thing happened to Anthony Joshua in terms of their deal, of if they went down, they I think had a two is a two fight deal, Will T, or was it a three fight deal with Joshua? What the reports were initially, uh, two, fight deal. two fight deal, right? So the same thing happened to that, and he tried to uh, renege on that. Then it, you know the Joshua camp could be pissed off and do the same thing. So at the end of the day, you know you made a deal with with um, Deontay Wilder, and now it's up to Deontay Wilder to me, you know, to become a better. I mean, to improve on some of the things, improve on his 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 profession, his work uh, to make this fight um, the fight that he wants to, for the outcome for for him to have the outcome that he wants. You know what I mean? You can't go into into this fight being Deontay Wilder that we saw one and two, regardless of like we all know you have the punching power, but there are things you have to do to 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 win rounds and win a, and win this fight because at the end of the day, like. Yeah, it's great that you have the punching power and you and you can just eliminate somebody on a drop of a dime, but you can't always bank on a knockout, right? It's just like playing baseball. You can't bank on hitting a home run, right? So you just gonna have to beat a dude or, you know what I'm saying, you gotta beat a dude or dominate a fight, right? Which way you have to do it. So hopefully, you know, he's putting in the work. I mean, from the YouTube clips, from the Instagram clips, it looks like he is putting in the work. But it's it's totally different when you yeah. get into that ring, bro. Like we we know this. We've seen dudes do this on we we've watched the twenty four sevens on HBO, uh, or you know whatever the Showtime's uh, Showtime's comparison to that, and we've seen dudes work. It seems like they work hard, and when they get into that ring on fight night, you know with all the cameras on, they they go back to who they naturally are. So hopefully, you know he's putting in the work, and he's gonna you know showcase what he's worked on. I can't wait to see this fight. Yeah. I can't wait to see. Um... The well, it's not officially signed yet. Um, a potential fight uh, for Anthony Joshua. Yeah, I was gonna talk you know, about that. Yeah. Versus, um, we discussed it with Alexander Usyk. Mm-hmm. I said that um, correctly, right? Yeah, yeah, you said it. You Usyk, you said it. Usyk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so you said it right. Let me ask you this. Go ahead, bro. Yeah. <clears throat> oh my God, I don't know what it is, man. It's my allergies. Yeah, don't worry. About it. I was, I was getting killed the other day, bro. <laughs> All right, um, with Ferry not fighting Anthony Joshua, what does that mean for for AJ? Man, I mean, to, I think what you just said is Usyk. You know what I'm saying? I think that's a great fight, though, but I think that's a dangerous fight. I think we talked about that. Um, we talked about that a couple of days ago. Um, I just think that's a dangerous fight, though. I, I think that that fight can jeopardize. Um, if you want to fight uh, Fury, I think that fight can definitely jeopardize that jeopardize it because I think he has the skill set to beat Anthony Joshua. Like I really believe that. Like more than. Anybody else, to be real with you, I really believe that he can beat Anthony. I think he has the skill set. He's super skilled, man. Like he is, he's super skilled. Hand speed, like you mentioned, yeah. he was a cruiser. He was a cruiserweight. Um, he's he's a talented dude, man. And for a while, I don't think people, if you paid attention to him, and I'm sure you have Will T, because you 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 acknowledge you're very knowledgeable of the boxing game. Um, I remember like Max Kellerman talking about him when he was with HBO. He would talk about. Usyk a lot, talking about how he had him on his pound for pound list, um, high on his pound for pound list at that particular point in time. So you know, you know, you know, this is a dangerous fighter, like you know, and then you know it's just off of skill alone. He he could be a problem. Yeah, he's <clears throat> he's probably in all honesty, he's probably the best cruiserweight fighter we've seen. Since Vander? 
since Savannah Holyfield. Yes, I was going to say that since Savannah Holyfield. Um, like a total fighter, you know, a guy with speed, a guy with power, um, a guy with very good ring generalship. Um, so it, if that fight is made, which in all perp, you know, all indications are looking as if that will be the next fight for um, Anthony Joshua. <clears throat> it'll be a fight to look out. It'll be a fight for us to look out for, and it'll probably be a fight that's made sometime around the uh, September okay. timeline. Okay, because I was like, if you're doing the summer, bro, this, this summer about to be lit for real. This this fight in the summer too. I'm about to say like, yo, this may be the best boxing summer we've seen in a minute. Um, but I do have a question to ask for you before we before we jet, jet off this show. Um, you know, it's about Bud. I'm going back since since Bud isn't going to fight. Well, it looks like the Earl. He's not getting Earl. He's not getting Pacquiao. So is Bud getting what we saw the winner out of what we saw? On Saturday, because we saw Taylor put in some work against Ramirez. Will Bud be seeing one I mean, of those dudes? The, I mean, will he be seeing Taylor? That I, I think that's the most logical next step for him. I mean, you would have to, <clears throat> if Josh Taylor, if he were to fight Josh Taylor, Josh Taylor would probably need to fight at 147, right, to, you know, see how he can, to, to see if he could handle the jump up from 140 to 147, see how, if his power transfers. Um, to 147, but we've also seen a guy from lightweight jump up to 147 in the past. We saw Shane Mosley jump up mm-hmm. to, um, from lightweight to 147 to fight Oscar De La Hoya. So both of those, you know, um, Bud Crawford and Josh Taylor both are under the top ranked umbrella without a lot of options for um, Terrence Bud Crawford. Um, outside of possibly a fight with Sean Porter, mm-hmm. a Josh Taylor fight makes sense, if you ask me. Yeah, I think so. I think, I mean, Bud is really, I mean, it's very limited, man. Unless unless there's a surprise, it's very limited, man, real talk. And I feel for him, man, because he's too, he's too talented of a dude to, to for this to be happening, <laughs> to be real with you. He's just too talented for this to be yeah, happening. Yeah, I hate, this, this is the thing I hate with boxing, man, the <laughs> politics and the, um, and the align and the allegiance to um, one um, cable platform, yeah. not, not just one um, promotional platform, but just one um, broadcasting platform. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. I totally That's agree. That's why boxing may continue to get left behind, um, behind you know other combat sports like UFC. Mm. But I mean, if they if they can pull this summer off, though, I ain't gonna lie. I mean, they they can come back because I mean, they can they can they can get gain some momentum because this summer it looks like it could be something really special. Um, it really could be. Absolutely. Mm, you know what I'm saying? So hey, hey, subscribe to our podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, and tune in, tune in iHeartRadio and Google Podcast. Search just search the Urban Sports Scene. Also tweet us at Urban Sports Scene and hit us up on our Urban Sports Scene Facebook page. Check out the home of the Urban Sports Scene, Amplifier Media at amplifiermedia.com, and the show can be found on D on on Podcast DC. Download the Podcast DC app to hear all Empire Media shows as well as other great content. Again, thanks to you all for listening to the Urban Sports Scene. Appreciate my man, Just Blaze, for being on the show. Will T and myself, we appreciate everybody. Anyway, you've been listening to the Urban Sports Scene. The ages. Yeah, dig. Deuces. Hey, Mega, lead us out, big homie.